Welcome to church. This Sunday, Pastor Bev will be continuing our series, Ancient Texts for Modern Times, where he'll be reminding us of the importance of recognizing and responding to God's goodness in our lives. If you're new here, we'd love to connect. You can message us on Facebook, Instagram, or by simply texting hello to 587-323-1199, and we'll respond right back. I'm so glad you could join us today. I'm Pastor Bev Sessing. Thank you for joining us today. A special welcome to any of our guests. Also welcome to each and every one of you online and here in person as well. Uh, Before we proceed, we're going to be having communion after the sermon. So if you haven't yet picked up your communion elements, please do so prior to then. And if you're online with us, we encourage you to get some bread and juice or whatever you would would want and prepare for that again uh, following the sermon. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, don't worry, I'll explain again after the sermon. So this morning we carry on with our sermon series, Ancient Text for Modern Times. And today's sermon is titled, God is Good. By the way, for those of you who are online, I would encourage you to say hello to us. We've discovered there's quite a number of folks online, but who aren't necessarily interacting with us all that much. So give us hello, give us a praise item, prayer request, whatever. But we want you to feel part with us in our service together today. So this morning we're going to be looking at Psalm 103, that was penned by King David, and we're going to watch a short video uh, highlighting the first five verses of that uh, psalm that we're going to be looking at this morning. Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sin and heals my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles Psalm 103. Psalm 103 is actually a lot longer than the first five verses, but we're going to focus on them this morning. Hopefully another time we can look at the rest of this passage, which is just fantastic. Uh, King David in the psalm was speaking to himself and letting us in in the conversation. He says, let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. And this reminds me of times I talk to myself. Do you ever talk to yourself? A few of us do. It looks like more more than I anticipated. And someone once said that if I want to have a good conversation, I should just talk with myself. Anyone here as well? Sometimes I talk to myself because I want to remember where I have left things 
whether it's my cell phone or my keys or whatever, I tried to do that and say, Bev, you just put it right here so that I'll remember. But unfortunately, too often I put it down and forget where I've put it. Other times I remind myself that if I've made a mistake or failed to do something, I remind myself by saying, Bev, you maybe didn't do it as well this time as you could have, but you will do better next time. Occasionally, I unfortunately miss opportunities to share my faith. And I've been reminded by God that each new day comes to an end, and a new day is a new opportunity. So I am encouraged when I miss an opportunity, the next day God says, I'll give you another one to, uh, to share your life of Jesus Christ with someone else. Today I'm going to share with you how to talk to yourself and to make a difference by acknowledging God's goodness and God's goodness to you in particular. And by doing so, taking a look at King David's life and how he talked to himself, reminding himself of God's goodness to him and through him. Again, in Psalm 103, verses 1 to 5, it says, Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins. He redeems, he heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. So David tells him himself that he is to praise God with his whole heart, his whole being, not half-heartedly, not with a partial interest, but to fully give himself in praise to God. And that reminds me of the Lord's Prayer, where Jesus spoke in Matthew 6, saying this, and this is an older version that many of us would know, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be my, thy name. Or new versions would say something like, Our Father in heaven, may your holy name be honored. So both David and Jesus tell us that we should begin our prayers by praising the Lord. At this point, I'm reminded that myself and perhaps others of us are too, that we are quick to initiate prayer, but perhaps slow to acknowledge and appreciate God for what he has done and for who he is. It's important to recognize that that is just a natural tendency, isn't it? That we take for granted the blessings we receive in our life. And yet, I believe it is important for each and every one of us to do that. And not just individually, but in our small groups too. And by the way, as we head toward the end of summer, when we look toward the fall, we encourage each and every one of you to become part of a small group. We're needing people to lead small groups, we're needing people to connect in small groups, because that's where you really share life together in a deep way. To put our prayer requests before praise, to my mind is something like a little child going to the parent or parents and saying, give me this, give me that, but without showing any appreciation for the many things those parents have done. Another example might be, imagine going to the Queen of England or going to meet someone of significant importance in an official position and you walk into their presence and before anything else you say, you know, I would really like this or that. How would that person feel? Someone who's to be honored and respected and yet we just flippantly say, well, I need this, I need that. If you would provide it, that would be great. And yet without, not, without providing any sense of appreciation or acknowledgement for who they are. 
Did you know that in the Bible there are over 800 names, symbols and references to Jesus Christ? And over 100 names to the Father? And over 130 to the Holy Spirit? So, so why so many names? The names of God tell us about many different aspects of his nature and the many different things he does in our life. As an example, if I look at my names in my titles, I have different ones that show different sides of who I am and what I do. As an example, I am a father, I am a husband, I'm a grandfather, I'm a pastor, I'm a friend, I'm an acquaintance, and so on. And then thinking of all the things that I do, I am a provider, a comforter, an encourager, a counselor, a problem solver, a listener of complaints, and so on. When you praise the Lord and his holy name, you should praise him because of all the different things that he does for you. And in Psalm 103, King David gives us the following six titles of God, six reasons why we should praise the Lord. First, forgiver of sins, who forgives all our sins. Healer, who heals all your diseases. Redeemer, who redeems your life from death. Blesser, who crowns you with tender mercies. Satisfier, who fills your life with good things. And renewer, who renews your strength like the eagles. Wow! If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, talk to yourself and talk to God about these six things he has done for you. And remember, that's the only beginning as to why you should praise the Lord, because no doubt there is so much more beyond this as well. And when you daily, each day, praise the Lord, you will not forget the good things he does for you. When you look at your needs, your problems, your challenges, etc., and you see how God has helped you to this point, I believe you will not forget the good things, the blessings he has done for you. Moving on in the psalm, some of us today who are listening, you may be thinking, I have committed a terrible, grievous sin or sins and that God cannot forgive you. Listen to the words of the prodigal son who left his father, took all of his inheritance, squandered it, and ended up in misery. He felt that he could not be forgiven. He came back to his father begging, Father, I have sinned against God and against you. I am no longer fit to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired workers. This young man thought that his father couldn't, wouldn't forgive him even though he wanted forgiveness. And he went back to his father and he discovered that his father did far more than just forgive him. While he was still a long ways off, the father saw him and filled with compassion, he ran to his son. He threw his arms around him and kissed him. He called to his servants, hurry, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and shoes on his feet. For the son of mine was, alive, was dead and now he is alive. He was lost and now he was found. The father celebrated with a feast for his son. And here is, a, here is a story I believe will bring this truth home to all of us as we might be able to relate in one way or another concerning things we have done in the past. Liam was a young boy who had a slingshot and he went around shooting at different things that attract his attention. Now thankfully for the most part, he was not able to hit those things that he was aiming at. But his aim eventually improved and then one day he was in the backyard of his parents and he aimed at the window at the shed and bang he hit the window he broke it 
And he was terrified because he loved his mom and dad, and he knew they would be disappointed if they ever found out it was him. That evening after supper, his mother said to Liam's sister, Sophia, I need you to wash the dishes. But Sophia turned to her brother and said, Liam wants to do the dishes. Then she whispered to him, remember the window. <laughs> and so Liam went and did the dishes. The next day, uh, mom said to Sophia, can you vacuum the, the living room for me? And what did Sophia say? Liam wants to do the vacuuming. And so she said, remember the window. And all that week, Liam was kept in bondage. Every time that uh, Sophia had chores, she just mentioned those, those special words, remember the window. When Liam could take it no longer, he went crying to his mother, confessing that he had broken the shed window. Then his mother said, I was standing in the kitchen and I saw you hit the window and break it with your slingshot. And I saw how sorry you were. Then his mother said to him, I forgave you the moment you broke the window because I love you. You don't have to worry about my forgiveness. But his mother said, you have to forgive yourself. She went on to say, I wondered how long Sophia would keep you in bondage to her. And that reminds me of our excellent inner healing ministry called Freedom Session where we've seen so many of our congregation experience being released from the bondages of sin and other things that have impacted your, their lives. And I would encourage you, if you've not yet participated in Freedom Session, to consider it as a possibility for dealing with some of the perhaps long-standing issues that you just don't seem to be able to get free from and that you can experience God's powerful working in your life. One of the great statements in the Bible is what Jesus said to the paralyzed man who was being lowered through the roof. Everyone in the room was anticipating that Jesus would say, you are healed. But what did Jesus say? He said, my child, your sins are forgiven. What greater words of comfort for a guilty person than the words, you are forgiven. This morning, talk to yourself. And if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, remind yourself to praise the Lord because he is the forgiver who has forgiven and forgives all of our sins. I believe that God heals diseases. He is Jehovah Rapha, the one who is able to heal. A pastor was called one day to a local hospital because the wife who was a member of that church was asked by the doctor if the vital organs of her husband could be harvested because he was considered to be medically and clinically dead. Now the father of that man happened to be a doctor and when he heard what had happened, he went to the chapel of that hospital to pray. And then he asked that the church would fast and pray for his son for his miraculous recovery. And then to their amazement, that's exactly what happened. The son was miraculously uh, healed, recovered to the amazement of the hospital staff. And when things like this do happen, all of us should praise the Lord because he is the Lord who heals our diseases. And yet at the same time, I've officiated at funerals of numerous people who've died from a variety of causes. Obviously, many people have prayed for healing, but they've died. What does this verse mean when it says that God heals us of all our diseases? The apostle called three times to God and asked him to take away this thorn in the flesh, this ailment that bothered him. But God didn't in Paul's lifetime. But in heaven today, Paul is healed. 
God answered that prayer in his perfect time. People whose memorial services I've officiated at, dying for whatever reason, are now free from the sickness that took their life. And even diseases such as cancer is only temporary to those of us who believe in Jesus Christ. And as was described in our recent afterlife sermon series, God will raise our bodies perfect. We will be like Jesus and we will have perfect bodies. On resurrection day, we will all be healed from our diseases. In the meantime, let us consider seeing healing in this way. Healed from our sickness, our faith is built. Healed through sickness, our faith is refined. And healed by sickness into eternity, our faith is perfected. Therefore, look beyond your sickness and your present life and praise the Lord who will heal you of all your diseases. The word redeem in Psalm 103 refers to someone who was set free from a payment of, of a debt because of something that they owed and they had a kinsman or relative pay that debt for them, thus setting them free from slavery. In the New International Version, it translates this, who redeems your life from the pit. The Living Bible says, who ransoms me from death. And it could also be translated, who delivers our life from destruction. I believe this verse talks about the many times God delivers us and protects us from being killed. God protects us from premature death. What does this mean? Well, I would ask my wife, Mandy, to share our recent experience of God's protection over our lives. We were visiting at my daughter Ruth's cottage and I was busy cleaning and I'm always in a hurry to go away and Bev is always in a hurry to get back. And so he said to me, Mandy, it doesn't have to look like the Immaculate Conception for any of those of you who are Catholic, Catholics background would know what that is. So um, I laughed um, and I just had this sense, a voice outside of myself almost beside me said to me, Mandy, take your time. So I took my time and Bev was waiting in the car. He was very patient. He's a wonderful husband and uh, very patient with me. And I came into the van and we headed up the road. Now, as we were heading um, towards Hinton, um, we were going up towards a hill and we had a guardrail beside us and there was no shoulder. And up over the hill coming straight at us was a large cement truck passing a semi and he was right in our lane. And um, I just cried out, Jesus, help. And Bev um, hit the brakes and flashed his lights. And we passed that semi with seconds to spare. It just veered into the other lane as we passed. And very loudly and very clearly in my mind, I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me, Mandy, your times are in my hands. And it was very powerful. I was, I was kind of taken aback at how strong it was. And um, Bev and I continued to drive, and I turned to Bev and I said to him, you know, if we had died, I can't think of anything in my life that is outstanding that we would have, that I had to make right. I was ready to go, basically. And Bev said the same thing. 
So I'm thankful to the Lord for teaching us through that experience. Thank you, Mandy. You know, I remember looking death in, in the face, so to speak, like a gun's pointed at you. And it was surreal in that I didn't have an adrenaline rush. And it was like, if this is it, God, in fact, I was thinking I'd rather die than be badly injured because this was going to be a horrible accident. But it didn't happen. And we passed uh, that, that vehicle. And then um, shortly after, I said to Mandy, so where do you want to go for breakfast? <laughs> but that's what the grace of God can do in our lives. We're at peace with him and we're at peace with others. And that's very important that we don't want to come to the end of our lives, whether it's suddenly or whatever, with unresolved issues. And I remember a number of years ago being part of a funeral and finding out afterwards that the Christian whose funeral we performed had unresolved issue with, with family members. And it grieved me tremendously because this was a friend of mine. And I thought, why would you have left this unresolved? And so I would say to all of us that if there are matters unresolved with people, as much as you're able to, make them right. Sometimes we can't. Sometimes that's just the reality of the situation. But my experience is all too often there are matters we could resolve if we took the step, the courageous step, to try to bring peace between us, whether it's a family member or a friend, or whoever it might be. So just a word of encouragement for us to do that and to thank God for his mercies that indeed he delivers our lives from danger and destruction. Now King David continues on with the psalm thanking God for all the good things that he has received. God blessed David with his love and tender mercy. And when I think of all the good things that God has given me, I praise him for his love and tender mercies. And what are these? First and foremost, my salvation, the privilege to be set free from the penalty and power of sin. Then the gift of my marriage to Mandy, which will be 40 years next year. Thank you, Mandy. Thank God. And just to give a bit of correction, I'm not always patient with Mandy. <laughs> but thank for the promotion. And I thank God for my children, Tim, Ruth, and Stephen, and their spouses, and my grandsons, Gregory and William, highlight of my life. And I thank God as well for you, the congregation of Calvary Community Church. Each one of you who've had impact in various different ways, uh, thank you for the encouragement you have been to me. And I thank God for a good mind, at least I, or at least I think so. I thank God for good health, because in January I had a significant back injury, slipping on ice, and by God's grace, I'm almost fully recovered now after that period of time. And then, of course, numerous prayers, too many to remember, this to just name a few. And how about you? What love and tender mercies has God crowned you with? What blessings have you received? Every day we ought to talk to ourselves, praising the Lord, because he gives us, you and I, good things and satisfies us, which means he brings joy and happiness into our lives. Among the other things we may think of, good food to eat. We may think of a good house, good clothing, good vehicle, many other good things. And I believe that these are included in this verse, but I also believe it includes much more. 
At a Christian conference, there was a workshop that was titled Resources for a Successful Christian Life. And the speaker said that the resources of the Christian life is Jesus Christ. That's all and that's enough. The person repeated this numerous times, saying that as good as Bible study, prayer, sharing their faith and other Christian practices are and are necessary, nothing that a person could do could give them the kind of Christian life they were seeking. The speaker constantly said that the only resource that could truly satisfy us was and is Jesus Christ and Him alone. Amen? Amen. Amen. The speaker brought home the fact that no matter what the external things that occupy our lives, what brings the most happiness, the most joy, the most satisfaction, the most fulfillment, is Jesus Christ because he is the one we need first and foremost and for me my personal greatest satisfaction has is and I believe will always be knowing Jesus Christ as the Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 121 for me to live as Christ to die is gain what would most of us like to have I would suggest that all of us would like to be young again how many of you would like to be young again a few of you. Now, listen, I didn't say young and dumb, because that's what I was. I'm talking about being young. So many people in this life are looking for this elusive fountain of youth. And it's not in a place, and it's not in creams to make you look younger. It's not in pills to make you, look, uh, make you stronger. And it's not in diets to make you look slimmer. A few of you may be slowing down due to your aging. But if you're searching for youth, I have good news for you you can live your youth again. And how can that be? By putting God through Jesus Christ first and foremost. How can you do that? That is something I would be happy to explain to you and we'll do so a little later. Now, you may be physically old and get winded as you go up the stairs, but you can have a strength of youth that is spiritual strength and vitality. Your youth can be renewed like the eagles when Jesus is first and foremost in your life giving you a zeal and passion that nothing else can. David talked to himself about having his youth renewed as a young man so that he could mount up with wings as eagles. I think the prophet Isaiah probably read this verse from David's psalm when he later wrote the following. But those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. As we come to the conclusion of this part of today's service, I want to challenge you to talk to yourself, to talk continually and regularly, praising the Lord for all that he has done for you, the forgiver of your sins, who forgives all of them, healer who heals all your diseases, redeemer who redeems your life from death, blesser who crowns you with tender mercies, and satisfier who fills your life with good things. If you've come today to realize that you cannot praise God because you've not invited him into your life and you want to give your life to God today, you're welcome, if you wish, to start this journey together by saying this after me. God, today I realize you have been so good to me. I have received so many blessings from you but have not praised you for them. Today I want to praise you, 
by surrendering my life to you, asking you to come into my life, to change me, to become the kind of person you've intended me to be. Today I invite you to become my forgiver, my healer, my redeemer, my blesser, my satisfier, and my renewer. Amen. If you pray that prayer today, I would encourage you to, if you're online, to text us at 587-323-1199, and we will help you to take next steps in your journey. And if you're here in person, you're welcome also to text us or to talk to one of the pastors afterwards. If you have any questions, comments, anything else regarding today's sermon, you're welcome to dialogue with us, and we would love to do so. Thanks for joining us. If you need anything, don't hesitate to contact us. You can find more information on our website or on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. We'll see you again soon.